Bienvenidos, amigos. I'm your host, Tyler Daly. And today on the show, we're going to have my friend Tim with me. So stick around and listen to our conversation. Today, I'm happy to announce that we've brought our very first sponsor on board, The Daily Business. They're number one in the number two business. They can provide a luxury restroom trailer that is extremely nice for, you guessed it, daily, weekly, or monthly rentals. You can find them online at D-A-Y-L-E-E-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S dot com. That's their website. Or you can email Austin directly at D-A-Y-L-E-E-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S at gmail.com for more information on booking this restroom trailer for what you have coming up. I would also like to say... Welcome to the show. As you know, Tim's with us for the whole show today, and our first segment is going to be about bad coworkers. So I'm going to tell Tim about this time that I worked at a place and I worked and trained a crazy person. I'm excited. <laughs> so that's Tim. <laughs> Great introduction. So thank you. <laughs> I <laughs> I worked at a f- franchise restaurant. And they are from Australia, or they claim to be, but they're actually from Tampa. So if you want to get the clues out of it that way, there's probably like two guesses. Um, I can think of like at least 40 franchise restaurants out of Australia. So that narrated down nothing. So good job at not disclosing where you worked. That was great. There you go. So (laughs) I worked in the villages. And so like the whole thing was I got a job around Christmas time because my job like was like, oh, we spent all of our budget and we can't pay you anymore. So you should go find another job and, you know, work with us when we have more money. And it was like literally the week before Christmas. So I love the way that happens with companies because it just sounds like, no, it's not you. It's it's me. I'm the problem. Yeah. So I will detour slightly um, at the end of the story to recap, like how it wasn't like he like made up for me- making the mistake, our boss. But anyways, so I'm training. Maybe I should just tell a story now. Anyways, he ended up getting me and the other guy that both were affected by this full-time positions within six months. And that dude got fired because he was, he was a dumb, dumb, sorry, dude, if you ever listen to this, but you're a dumb, dumb, you, you got fired. And then I worked there for like three more years and then I left. So, I mean, he made up for it. It was definitely not an ideal situation. And like, he saw that we were good workers, but anyways, so back to the story. Um, so I was working at the Australian place and I was only going to be there for like a few months and then like leave to obviously go back to the other job that I just referenced. And they needed me to train my replacement before I left. And rather than like training people in house, they were like, we're just going to like hire somebody, somebody else random from the street. And this lady, like, if you met her, like, she clearly had issues. She told us that she already had two strikes. And, like, don't tell people that if you already have two strikes. Because, like, I might make you get your third. 
um because i'm i'm annoying so i like trained this girl for literally like six weeks and if you've ever had a job if you get trained for like more than three days you're like wow this is a lot of training six weeks dude six wow, weeks of training it's it was literally insane and like to the point where the other people that like wanted my job when I left were like, come on, like, what is this? We would have learned this job by now. Like, give me literally two days and like, I'll figure it out. And so it just created conflicts because obviously they hired like the wrong person. So I like, you know, this person's down on their luck clearly. So they were like, hey, can you take me to like, you know, the social security office, which was like on my way home. And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And then she like shows me that she stole a whole cheesecake in her backpack. And she just opened up her backpack and was like, you know, the, you know, this. Those, like, and it's just so she got, yeah. So she got in my car and you know, those like sling bags, she just like pulled it out and was like, you want half of this? And I'm like, no, I don't want half of a cheesecake in my car. Thank you though. No. And no. that like started our trip. <laughs> that was like, that was her thank you was stealing from the restaurant for me. Do they, do they have cheesecake at that nondescript Australian yes. restaurant? Yeah, they it's not good. That. Their carrot cake is much better. And I would recommend <laughs> getting that if I'm going to be an okay. honest critique. Um, also, you well, can't. What's like the, is that the best? Is that the best dessert there? Yeah, hands down the carrot cake. It's the carrot cake. Okay. Some people like enough. blondies, but I'm not about blondies. So mm-hmm. I, another day, like she asked me to take her home. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. Like, where do you want me to drop you off? She literally had me drop her off at an intersection with like two stop signs. And then was just like, I'm good. I'll walk the rest of the way. And I was like, all right, well. Well, I like okay. that. Like, cause that's a legitimate thing. Like that's a legitimate thing of like, I don't want you to see my house, but also I'm the type of person that steals a cheesecake. So it's almost like in her head, she was like, I stole something. I don't want this man to know where I live because I don't want him to turn me into the police. Like she's like super she, anxious. Like, unfortunately, <laughs> the drop off on the side of the road was first chronologically and then the cheesecake. And then I'll get to the final situation uh. with like a minute <laughs> left. So she on my last week, my manager goes up to her. It was their second to last day, like training. And then I think her last day with me and my manager went over to her we were like both working together you know like i just we split half the duties and and she was like hey you know make sure if you have any questions make sure you ask him to tyler today because you know it's his last day and we don't have this great resource for much longer um and then she was like why the fuck would i do that like and screamed it and so then yeah so then my manager was like what and she was like yeah he doesn't fucking cook anything right in here y'all respect him too much it's fucking bullshit dude like seriously though like come and fight me and it was like all right lady clearly i'm not in a fighting mood because i am who i am and you're clearly in a place because something happened but like i don't mean to have wronged you i'm sorry that i didn't like you know that was the timer i'm sorry i don't i didn't follow the recipe card and throw please don't sue me nondescript australian restaurant for putting lemons because you're not allowed to disclose the recipes but anyways they wanted you to pour (laughs) lemon juice dude over their mushrooms before you steamed them and it's like i'm not gonna fucking do that i'm not Mm. i'm sorry this is the you're paying that's a moral that's a moral obligation 
I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to do 80% of the work and you just have to be okay with yeah. it or you got to pay me more and make this place better. And you want me to do 80 because you're not checking up on me at all. So anyways, no. they ended up like escorting her out of the building, getting her a cigarette, having me finish the list. And then I left a week later. Um, I had to reach, I had to come back, train both of those guys for a $2 raise um, that were both jealous that they gave the job to somebody else. Cause obviously that lady got fired. And so then I got the best of both worlds. Cause I got to work at the new place and the old place with a race. So we'll, 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 we'll see you after the break or hear you after the break. watches also link is in the show description welcome back and so now that you had to listen to my fun non-grueling story about a nondescript place in australia well it was in florida but it was from tampa (laughs) (laughs) tim do you have a story of a terrible coworker situation? So I, I do, I do. I have a comment about um, restaurants in general because like they're the worst places on earth. They're the worst, and I, I, I hate going out to eat, honestly, um, except for like bars and stuff. But or the melting pot. Shout out melting pot. I've never been to the melting pot. Dude. I've done fondue like at a friend's house, but Mm-mm. never the melting pot. Mm-mm. You need to take. You need to take her to the melting pot it okay. is it is literally like alexis and i's thing we are like if we had to pick one restaurant is probably the melting pot it's melting pot for like ever. anyways so okay. i want to interrupt and say that they're the worst places and i had a pregnant lady tell me she was addicted to pills but anyways go on <laughs> i also had another so, lady uh, tell me she had sex in the freezer oh my Terrible. god so this is my problem with like like themed like country themed restaurants so um, and you might be able to, to get, so if you go to an Australian restaurant and they have like a happy hour special and it's yep. like, it's like $3 domestics, shouldn't the beer yes. that is from yes. the country. Thank you. Thank you. I've you never go, heard this before, but restaurant. yes. Tecate. Hey, you Modelo. go to a Mexican restaurant. Yes. yes. And it's not, it's not a domestic and it makes me so angry. You go to another one's bar, Heineken. Yeah. It's like Heineken's. Uh, <laughs> I love the idea of a Netherlands bar. It's just like, what's there? It, there's like one type of food. <laughs> what do the people from the Netherlands even eat? Do they eat anything special? Probably fish, right? It's I don't not, know. I think Sheep? It's like Swedish fish. No, 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 no. <laughs> they're, they're on the coastline, right? It's like, that, I next like to the, Denmark? I, yeah, well, isn't the Netherlands where um, Amsterdam is? Yeah, see, I hate Amsterdam. I I, I feel like it's been. too hyped up. I I have never it, been either. I don't go to places. Well, I but. heard that now, like, because you know how like their big thing is like open drugs and stuff like that. They've like restricted like residents to only being able to buy weed now. So I've heard like the whole yeah. vibe has changed. 
So it's like because they the hate it. Thing. Yeah, I would too. If like if tourists just came to Orlando and was like they just came here to smoke weed, that would annoy me so much. I mean, they do that they already, have, but like now it's are. more. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. It annoys me already, and I want to make it worse. But anyways, all right. So I do, <laughs> I do have a story about weird coworkers because I used to be a trainer at a nondescript um, coffee shop that also sold donuts, um, and uh, they're popular in Boston. So that's that's all I'll say. But so I was a trainer there, and what? You My like cousin from Boston by Samuel Adams is genuinely the best commercial of this decade. Your cousin from Boston, and then I it's don't even the know dude. What you're talking about. Oh my God! You need to. When this is over, we need to watch that ad. Okay, sorry, <laughs> I will that. stop interrupting. No, I'm into that. So okay, so I'm. Uh, there was this person that I trained, and they were working there for a while, and like he would disappear to the restroom a lot, and it was like fine because <laughs> like we gave lunch breaks and stuff, so we're like okay, maybe he's just doing cocaine or something. We're like, it's prime. But like, he would be in there for a long time. And so like, finally, like we're in the middle of like breakfast rush and I can't find this guy. And I was like a shift leader at this point. I couldn't find this guy anywhere. And so, but I remember him saying about something like he was going to go to the freezer or something. And so I was like, okay. So I like started checking around. So I checked the bathrooms and he wasn't there. And then I go to the freezer and it was like locked from the inside. And I was like, uh, oh no, did this guy, is this guy dead? Like, is this it? Like, so the free, so I found the key and I opened up the freezer and the freezer had like two sections. So it was like the freezer, freezer, then like the uh-huh. refrigerator section. Uh-huh. And I walk in and this dude, we had like this jacket that like people would wear when they went inside. And this yep. dude straight up put on the jacket and just fell asleep using like, fro- he used like frozen sausage patties as a pillow just oh on God. the ground it was really bad and we fired him and then he yeah. said, asked if he could still sleep in the freezer well did you let him <laughs> no also was he practicing <laughs> to climb everest and needed to figure out how to sleep in cold environments you know what tyler you bring up a really good point because i was being judgmental i was being judgmental i was like you know what this guy's a loser you're right maybe him. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was like really training for something. And that was like his whole life's mission. So I fired a man that could have been like the next champion of Mount Everest. And yeah, that. that guy that's doing the climbing. Anyways, so just so you know, we do one loud ring and then one soft ring. So, you know, oh, I get a- like a light, like I get like a, okay. Well, no, 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 not like a, not like a light light, but like a, a soft yeah. one. It's, it's a joke we're carrying out with the audience because there was some listener feedback that it was too loud. So now we're compromising and doing one loud, one soft. And then I told him. Oh, creative yeah, artistry. Yeah, like, do you have like a, do you have like a guest services that like takes. Yep. Like do you, do you forward all the feedback to Alexis where it's like, you're going to have to talk to our manager at large. No, if it's controversial, I'm handling myself. Um, yeah, I can't bring her into the conversation because then she'll solve it properly. I, I need to douse more <laughs> flame, more gas onto the fire and then back away. <laughs> Anyways, we'll be back after the break. Also, if you got feedback, dailyvarietyshow at gmail.com. <laughs> If you wanted to keep up with Tim's improv group, So Good, So Good, 
use the link in our episode description that'll take you to their link tree that has links for their YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also to explain what Linktree is, it's one website that you can go and get all of their links from. So there you go. Get all their links. At so good, so good. Today's fun fact is brought to us by Casey Kasem's May 1st, 1983 Top 40 broadcast. Several people across the country changed their phone number after the song 867-5309, Jenny, came out. There was even a Los Angeles-based talent agency who recorded their voice message to be from Jenny. Welcome back. Last segment. Tim's still here. We got lost in the middle of the break somewhere, and we were like, we've just gotten gone like 10, 15 minutes, and we were just in the break for a while. <laughs> so in that, Tim <laughs> was in the middle of telling the a story, and I was like, okay, Tim, we, uh, we're, we're lost here. So you were, you were, you were doing stand-up in Leesburg because Leesburg is a wonderful place where all dreams yeah, come true. Yeah, I, I was doing a lot of stand-up before the pandemic, and then when the pandemic happened, like, my girlfriend's like high risk, so I just wasn't doing anything. Um, but we're vaccinated now, so we'll probably go back. But yeah, I was doing a lot of shows around Florida, and I did one in Leesburg, and it was um, this, this like, it was like a veterans bar, um, like one of those like clubs or something like that. Like it wasn't like the official, like whatever, like veterans place was. Yeah. It was like this like roadhouse, like veterans, like, like open air bar. And, you know, I'm bisexual and very gay and like look like I do and so I pulled up to this place and I was like I am terrified and then it dawned on me that I just was trying out some new material and I wrote this I don't do the joke anymore because it was just I didn't like it but I wrote this pretty good joke that was about PTSD but in reference to like how but like reference to like awkward situations where it's like do you ever like you know, walk down the hall and someone's like how are you and I'm like nothing much you I'm like talking about like my PTSD with that and so Dominic, I was like, okay, I prepared like a solid 15 minutes for this, for this set, for this guy. And um, three minutes of it is about fake PTSD. And I'm about <laughs> to do it to a room full of veterans. They're the ones to get it. Yeah. They, and, it, and, they, it, and, and also like uh, before that, like I, I did, I do like five minutes of like how I'm bisexual and like everything that has to do with that. So I'm just sitting there talking about dick and butts. And then now I'm going to transition into like the PTSD joke. Well, so you got to. Like completely, I was completely terrified. Like, like I've done a lot of like, you know, shows where I've been like, oh, this, this might, this could go really bad. But I, I, I have never gone into a set and been like, this is, I know, I know this is going to go bad. Like, I'm just, I'm going to give in, but it actually yeah. was like a really good set. Like they were super chill about it. And there was like a lot of like really drunk old ladies in the front that like, were kind of like, I have PGSD because of my ex-husband. And I'm like, that's you good. can talk to a therapist about that. I don't want <laughs> to know anything. <laughs> so I definitely have had that feeling about like dreading to do like shows before, and like not that it's the same because like one's a live performance and then like i have the the luck and luxury of editing so like i had to edit a show or you know a few ago and like i was totally confident in the edit like 
I shouldn't have said I was I didn't realize what I was saying and then they reacted in a specific way and I was like that's not what I meant and oh yeah so <laughs> I mean it was they thought I was joking and I was like no this is a real thing but anyways don't need to be more specific because I bleeped it out for a reason but I I've been fully confident in all the shows except for the last one and I was just like this is gonna be this is bad I I got nothing I'm I'm in full mush mode. I can't even figure out like how to get a grasp on like some of this stuff and I don't know. Maybe it comes through, sometimes it I, doesn't. You I know? get that. Well, the the cool the good thing about stand up if you're doing it, open instant mics, reaction. Well, yeah, like you know exactly what's going on. And and the thing is with open mics um because it's like low it's not low risk, but cuz you'll want to kill yourself if you don't do well. But from the standpoint of like open mics are just for trying out material. So if it's going bad, you just get off. But what really gets nerve wracking is when they're paying you. And it's like, like they know what they're getting into because they know your material, but like it can still go bad. And then you kind of go through the anxiety of like, oh, they're never going to want to use me again. Yeah. It's kind of rough. Yeah. So I have two things stemming from that. I forgot the first one, unfortunately. So that's unfortunate because I'm probably not going to remember it. And the second one was I listened to a wonderful podcast called Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan. And they used to interview yeah. all the comedians that would come in from the improv. And the one question he would always ask is, have you ever done a private gig for too much money? And what was that story? Or did you ever feel uncomfortable tell, you know, getting that? And he's had responses of I did stand up in a frat hallway or in the stairs and I got paid 10 grand out of a shoebox. Um, one, this oh, guy wow. got attacked by bees and his stage collapsed while with him on it. I mean, is there anything uncomfortable with like the paying thing that you've had to go through? Like what, like getting paid? Yeah. Cause I mean, they're always notoriously sketch about like being up front and like, you know, well, there's a famous Atlanta episode where he's got to punch Michael Blackson to get his money, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing is for me, like I, even before the pandemic, I was only doing stand up for a year. So I would sure. say I was at like the lowest of lowest of tiers. So sure. for me, I was happy to get like you any stage stressing. time. Yeah, any stage time I want. I think like the only time that's ever been awkward was when they told me, you know, like they kind of talked about the pay up front, but they didn't, but I got there and then they wanted me to do 20 minutes. And at the time I was like, I can't do 20 minutes. And I wanted to be honest about that. And I was like, I can give I you don't 10. Have 20 minutes, yeah. Right. Well, they, it was a, it was like a, it was a guest spot so it was kind of like okay it's not I was just expecting like five to ten max and so I kind of had to be honest and that was kind of awkward and I was really worried they weren't going to pay me but they ended up paying me um I did have a lot of weird situations when I used to teach improv because I would do like improv workshops yeah like sometimes like the pay was kind of iffy um and it was also like really awkward situations where it'd be like a nursing home and it'd be like a sign-up thing so yeah. it's like, hey, we're going to pay you like $100, but then like only five people signed up. So then they're like, oh, we expected more people to sign up. So we can only pay you like the amount of people that came. And I'm like, that's not my problem. Like, you yeah, booked you booked my time. This. Yeah. yeah. So like, I would kind of have to be kind of like crappy to them and be like, sorry, like you got to pay us. Similar story. I would lifeguard out at this church camp for a few summers. And if I drove out there, I would force them to pay me. But if I did not drive out there, I would not force them to pay me. And mm. if it was ever like looking rainy, I would always try to contact the group beforehand to be like, hey, 
here's the policy. If I'm driving out there, you're paying me my full rate, regardless if we get in. And it was always in cash, which was always sweet that the churches were paying me. Um, so I, I want to circle back to your improv in just a second, but with time winding down, I wanted to make a challenge to the audience that if you're able to guess what biker bar Tim performs stand up at, we'll send you some prizes that will include the holographic stickers. But anyways, oh, that's um, fun. yeah, you know, cause like, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope you know, I hope you know what bar it was. Cause I don't know if I can remember. I have a few guesses, <laughs> but we're not going to talk about them now. We'll talk no, about I, them I, after I, I'll the be show. able to pull it out. Yeah. I'll be able to pull yeah. it out. All right. And then, hey, if you never figure it out, it's going to be a mystery for the ages. I will say one thing about being paid for comedy is like, you know, in order to, there's like really good shows out there, um, especially when like you're a really rookie comic, like you can get yeah. like decent spots on like cool shows, but you're not going to get paid. But if you're willing to do mm -hmm. just like really crappy shows, like, you know, it's not going to be good. You don't want to invite yeah. anyone. Um, those, pay, those shows typically like pay really good because it's like, some it's some random place they like don't the crowd doesn't really know comedy that well so they're willing to pay like ten dollars for nobody and yeah. stuff and like that's really fun and it, like you get a lot of chops from that because it's like different sure. crowds and things but so then with like 50 seconds left i wanted to circle to your improv <laughs> and then just talk about it because obviously yeah. we can go over it doesn't matter we make the rules here but you know i saw one of this one of the sketches that you did um if you just want to like send us through that how to look at it and then you know what oh, yeah. you want to do in the Absolutely. future so okay so basically um i used to perform with some friends of mine out in claremont uh, we had a group called the maniacs and uh, we were doing like improv with each other for like three three years um and then that kind of broke up and it just wasn't a thing anymore we moved out to orlando um but now we've started a sketch group called so good so good uh and we release videos every friday but the video he's talking about um, is one that's like an intro to improv class because uh, we used to teach improv together and we always would laugh at like all of the little things that you would get. Um, I'm going to like screw the timer. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I know. It's um, all good. It's all good. I just needed yeah. them to know that it was in the they background. Know. Um, <laughs> they're go. never going to so, know. They're never going to know. So, yeah, they... Uh, that that sketch was kind of a response to like there's a lot of improv instructors out there that like make money just going around like doing little improv things especially for like businesses and things like there's like fun stuff um but uh improv to me is very campy like i love improv but it's like super campy and i thought about like well what are improv instructors doing now during the pandemic mm -hmm. because a lot of my friends that are improv instructors like they're just doing like really cool like zoom stuff but then i was like what about the one who has like no clue how to use something <laughs> he's like you know what i'm gonna sell vhs cassette tapes to people they're um, coming back and then like we, yeah like i tried to make like very like meta improv jokes like a lot of my improv friends were like this is so funny and like i showed it to my mom and she's like i don't get it because like we had a joke where there's like a joke in it and you can watch it i'll Shut up, get mom. the links and stuff um, but like, uh, there was like one joke where it's like, I'm going to teach you the concept of yes. And, and then I come on stage. And I'm like, how are you today? And then the other character goes, yes. And so it's like stupid, like, like um, jokes and, so yeah. we, my brother's leaving for about six months and we went and saw him the other day and my mom needed to announce to everyone at the gathering that I have a podcast and I love you, mom. Thank you so much for doing that. Repping me forever. That's great. And 
she was like she was immediately like oh i didn't even know that tyler eats cake or something and i was like oh okay well you know i love carrot cake so that's me <laughs> tyler, <laughs> carrot cake loving tyler love it she was like never knew that until i listened to your show and i was like well thanks mom maybe if you had loved me more as a child then no you would know. my mom loved me the <laughs> no no did i meet your mom, mom was your mom me. at the party yeah my mom was at the party she was like along with alexis's mom putting it all on they're the best oh nothing but positive things to say about both of them mm, they are very true. nice what about your dad do you have on. daddy problems do you have dad problems no i am totally that's... good with both of my parents on yeah, recorded that, meetings what's that like no i'm just kidding my parents are okay <laughs> my dad's just a pastor and that's like the normal trauma that comes with that other than that yeah, i would smart. be so intrigued so intrigued oh, to it's... ask questions oh yeah um yeah, anyway, anyway, so like that's like some of our sketches. Hi. Um shout like, out Alexis. 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 Uh, so yes. Show number 12. You guys heard it. Show 12. Alexis is on. Um also oh we blew past the all the timers. There was even the secondary that's one fine. that the audience didn't hear. So we'll wrap it up here and maybe we'll, you know, you know, gotta, you know, we'll see how it goes. So see you next time. Thanks for being here, Tim. You'll hear from him again. Bye. Now that the show's over, we're going to talk about the Daily Variety Show Mystery Clue and apologize to the audience because I recorded a segment that didn't make their way into the show. And now I realize that that clue was probably quite vital. So because I've given out several other clues and I thought I had given out that clue, I'm just going to recap them today and talk about, you know, the prizes and such, and then possibly maybe give you another one. So now I'm going to start with the clues. The reality presented is not real. The next one is the clue is stated on most shows. The number five. The clue is in the title of episode nine. And the question, does everything add up to you? So there you go. If you think you have a guess, email us, dailyvarietyshow at gmail.com. And as was stated previously, write all of those down. And if you hear me say something across multiple episodes, maybe write that thing down. Now for the next clue I'm going to give you. We have to talk about what you're going to get if you get it at this point. So, as we know, you'll get to select the next mystery clue as well as you'll get a prize pack with our stickers magnets and other assorted items so for the clue today i would just like to say that you should question everything and listen for sound effects so there you go that's today's clue <laughs>